Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that Doray may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Alongside the great Brandon Lang, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Another edition of The Sharp Edge as we get you ready for the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. And Brandon, it's been a profitable first two rounds of this big dance so far for you and I, brother. Yeah, I tell you what, it's, um, you know, to have as much chalk cover uh, last week and to be predominantly an underdog handicapper to have navigated the landmines and as we tape this podcast on Wednesday night to be seven and one, my last eight days on the website, um, feels, feels pretty darn good. You know, I did a bracket online. I picked 15 of 16 in the sweet 16 and the only whiff was obviously Purdue and Villanova, but to have Oregon in the sweet 16 and, and to have it kind of unfold the way I thought it feels, uh, it feels pretty good. You know, last year, as we talked about, I finished the tournament 13 and two, uh, 13 and two run and literally to be seven and one going into, you know, this game tonight, um, my Olympus can plus the points, but um, win or lose, eight and one or seven and two going into week two, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, and we had a huge bounce back on BrandonLang.com with the Houston game, uh, which was the free play. That was a big one because I, I hammered Houston. And the 75 Dimer, I believe, was Oregon, who took care of UC Irvine, which was uh, some nice back-to-back hits there to close out the round of 32. Yeah, I tell you what, it was it was funny. I was uh, at uh, dinner at uh, Yellowfish at uh, Bellagio, and uh, Yellowtail at Bellagio. Great sushi, by the way. And I get this halftime score, and I see that I believe they're up eleven at the half. And I'm like, beautiful, looking good here. Then I go out to valet. I'm sitting waiting for my car. I look at the score, second half score, and Irvine has outscored them fourteen yep, nothing. I- <laughs> And they lead 37-35. And I'm like, wow. So I put my phone in my pocket. And my wife goes, what's wrong? I go, nothing. She goes, what's going on in the game? I'm like, I, I don't know. They're out- There's 13 minutes to go in the second half. They've been outscored 14-0. They're down two. I'm like, unbelievable. So I put my phone in my pocket. I drive home. And I, I pull in. And I check my score. And I see 60-47 Oregon. I go, What? <laughs> what in the world is going on? And sure enough, Pritchard and those four, six, nine gazelles, just like Wisconsin, got it going again. And, you know, like I said, to, I'm as honest as I get to be 4-0 going into Saturday to lose my, my you know, going for 200 diamond number two in a row and just to, to like drive in a par four and one and six putting with Villanova on Saturday, you know, to bounce back with Oregon Sunday and then <clears throat> Texas Southern plus six outright on Monday and then Wichita State plus four outright over Indiana on Tuesday, uh, just to bounce back with three straight winners, be seven and one. 
a um, lot of confidence going into the, the Sweet 16. Yeah, we roll into these Sweet 16 games, which begin on Thursday evening. Florida State and Gonzaga. Florida State, a seven and a half point underdog, would seem enticing to me just because it's the largest spread, you know, not Virginia Oregon. I'm saying it's the largest spread on Thursday. It would seem enticing because the number's so high, and you would think that in these Sweet 16 games, as the tournament gets, you know, shorter and shorter, the field gets shorter and shorter, that the games would be closer and closer. What's your take on that number? By the way, before we get to that, I got to give you props on your taco fall prop bet <clears throat> that the first bucket of the Duke game would be a, would be taco fall. Plus scoring. 750. <laughs> Plus wow. 750. Well, look, he's seven I... foot six. He's going to win the tip, right? And you got to figure that they were just going to give it to him to start the game. And, and he missed That's... the layup too. If you were watching, Thanks he for... missed the layup, grabbed the rebound and slammed it home. Thanks for sending that my way. I appreciate it. Um, you know, listen, just if I send keep, you every plus those, 750 listen, bet and you tell me to all, mess off, you know? Those, yeah, keep all those real good ones to yourself. Um, there's a, a pretty strong trend involving three of these matchups, two of which with, which go on, on Thursday night, that two teams that meet in the Sweet 16 that scored 80 or more points in their previous game. The dog is 10 and 29 against the spread. So FSU scored over 80, so did Gonzaga. Purdue scored over 80, so did Tennessee. Auburn scored over 80, so did North Carolina. So in those three matchups, the dog is 10 and 29 against the numbers. So just based on a very powerful trend there, um, you would be enticed to take all three favorites, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and North Carolina. For me, Florida State beat them in the Sweet 16 last year. There's revenge. You get, yep. You're getting an ACC team plus seven and a half against a team from the West Coast Conference. They were getting points from them last year and beat them. Um, they got to the ACC championship game where they lost to Duke after beating Virginia. Um, it just looks like a trap, like they're begging you to take Florida State in this game. I... I'm on the fence. Your thoughts? I, I kind of agree with you. It does seem like they're begging you to take Florida State because, as I mentioned, you would think that in your mind, as these games get down towards the Final Four, they would be closer games. So if you're giving me seven and a half points, I don't care who the teams are. You're giving me this many points. I don't see these games as being blowouts. But that could be the trap that we're falling into because, as we know, Gonzaga is one of the best teams in the country I actually loved them after they lost to St. Mary's. I thought you'd get great value on them to win the national championship. You and I were both in agreement, Brandon. We didn't think that they deserved to be on the one line, but you can't deny what they've done just plowing through their opponents so far in this tournament. Yeah, they, they were the only number one seed to cover the big number in round one. And then, of course, they got up above the number against Baylor and decided to take their foot off the gas pedal and failed to cover the 13 and a half in round two. I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to uh, touch this game. I'm going to watch it from a from a fan's perspective. The, the the game to me that that is the most intriguing of of the four is is Purdue and Tennessee, because Tennessee big lead against Iowa, uh, led them back in it, went to overtime and had to win. And you see Purdue hitting every shot on the face of the planet Earth and blowing out Villanova. So the question is, is Purdue good 
or is Purdue just as good as Villanova made them look? And conversely, if Tennessee plays the way they did in the first half against Iowa, they're going to beat Purdue. If they play one half of basketball and, 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 and don't play two halves, Purdue is going to beat them. From a rooting interest, I'm going to root for Tennessee just because of what Purdue did to me last week. <laughs> I can't stand that big, tall, white guy. I can't stand the way he celebrates. He's just, it's, 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 it's just, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I just, that, that, listen, it starts with Purdue's uniform. It starts with their, their, their coach who looked like he ate a pizza. He's that painter. You know, he's fat now and just, there's nothing redeeming. About per, just their uniforms make you want to throw up. Tennessee, the orange, you're like, yeah. And they have a so kid gonna... by the name of Admiral Schofield. I mean, that's just a cool name, right? Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee helped me out, I'll tell you what, because I had Iowa plus the seven and a half, and they were down 21 at the half, and then Tennessee let them way back into the game, and then the overtime, I thought I was going to get screwed in overtime, but thankfully uh, we got lucky and backdoored that cover. Tennessee not only let Iowa Brandon come back in the second round, but if you remember, they let Colgate come back into the game in the first round before pulling away late. So if they let this Purdue team go on a run, I don't know if they could survive that. Yeah, that's why I'm staying away from it. I, and again, tight number. I don't really see much value there. Um, so for me, I'm going to just watch this game and, and enjoy it and, uh, not not touch it at all. The the game that we both like, Texas Tech and, and, and Michigan. Um, I don't think people realize just how good Texas Tech was against Buffalo. That was a Buffalo team that could score. That was a Buffalo team that had four guys that averaged double figures and six of seven top scores back from last year. And to hold that team scoreless for about eight minutes and to beat them in the manner in which they did, um, I tell you what, I love the job Chris Beard's doing. Uh, Michigan is prone to going in spurts of not being able to score. Michigan is one of the greatest front runners in college basketball when they get a lead. Mm. They're not very good when playing from behind. And I think this this Culver, uh, I think he's in the NBA lottery. I think he's the best player on the floor. And at the end of the day, I just think that Texas Tech is the better team. And I'm getting two. I'm going to roll with the Red Raiders. I'm with you on that, and I'm in a survivor pool, and I have to pick a team to survive in advance, and it's a team that I'm not going to pick again. And I'm going with Texas Tech over Michigan. They're two-point dogs, but I think they absolutely win this game outright. They are, in my opinion, the more talented team. And I know Michigan is, you know, it's kind of like, it's just all sports, right? Michigan is like a national brand. You know, they got the Jumpman logo on their jerseys. People know them. People know the Wolverines. Not many people are aware, as you said, of just how good this Texas Tech team is. I'm going to ride the Red Raiders. They've been hot this tournament, and I got them winning this game outright over Michigan. That's my survivor pick. I'm going to gladly take them plus the two. You know what's interesting is the money line is just so low that if you like Michigan, you might as well just take them on the money line because there's no reason to take a minus two. And if you like Texas Tech, just take them at plus two because there really is no difference between the minus 110 and the plus 105 or plus 110 that you're going to get. See, that that's of, of interest to me, that if the line is a tight number two, you would think that the money line would be minus 120, 125. Vegas is basically saying, and listen, this line to open up Michigan minus one, went to Michigan two, so you have sharp money on the Wolverines. I just think at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a Texas Tech team that's peaking right now, 
and I think Michigan's going to have their hands full. Yep, I'm absolutely with them. The final game on uh, Thursday night, Oregon and Virginia, the Ducks, eight and a half point dogs. You know, you and I talked about Virginia when they had the close game in the first round, and we felt that that close game was going to propel them to a blowout victory in the next round. And what did they do? Well, they, they handled themselves in round two. And now you have them going up against the Ducks, who are healthy for the first time all season. I don't think people realize this. This is a team that got healthy right when the Pac-12 tournament started, and you saw what they did capturing that conference tournament title. And with wins over Wisconsin and, and a hungry UC Irvine team in the second round, this Oregon team has upset on their mind. Yeah, do I? You know, they were a 109 winner for me Friday in the blowout of Wisconsin. There was a 75-9 winner for me on Sunday um, over Cal Irvine. Do I dare go to the well with them? One more time tomorrow plus the eight and a half. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm still waffling on that. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I know I picked them in the final four, but that's just a bracket. Yeah. You get to this point here. It's about winning that game on the website. And I apologize to the listeners for the, my allergies are just kicking up as we're filming this podcast. I'd like to say I just busted out an eight ball and did three big rails, <laughs> but unfortunately that's not the truth. Um, it's only I Wednesday think, folks. Yeah. Check it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know, it's it's it'll probably be the best bet on the website. But again, sometimes you got to know when to to ride the girl you took to the dance, and sometimes you need to know when to dump her and go with the hot girl in the dance. So we'll uh, we'll see about what I'm going to do on the website tomorrow. You know what my play is on this game? Over 119, and it went up to 119 and a half. So I think people are thinking that it's such a low number that they'll jump on it. I just think that I know that that. Virginia crawls. I think Oregon's athleticism is going to spread them out a little bit. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game has, uh, I don't know, 68, 63 written all over it. I think it easily goes over the 119. I could see that. I could see that. Let's move to let's move to Friday. Um, LSU, Michigan State. Obviously, you know my affiliation with Matt McQuaid and Rob McQuaid, who played high school ball with his dad. And and uh, this is a game that I'm just going to pass on from the standpoint of I'm just going to watch it and enjoy it. Um, and root for Sparty. Um, so let's just skip that. Let's go right to Virginia Tech and Duke. Um, so uh, much money coming in on the Hokies, Brandon. Everyone I loves know. the Hokies. Yeah, when UCF exposes them to that degree, and Robinson's back, but Zion's back. But I think at the end of the day, somebody's going to punch Duke in the mouth, rip their heart out, and put a stake right in it at midcourt. I'm hoping it's Virginia Tech. I'm going to take the points because, again, I think Robinson back. I like the way Virginia Tech matches up with them. Virginia Tech's not afraid to get physical with them. Um, I'm going to take Tech plus seven and a half. I think that's a good move. Uh, I've said, and I've gone on record, that if this line drops down to six, which it could because of the amount of money that's coming in on Tech, all it takes is one big bet, and next thing you know, this line's down to six. I'm going to jump on Duke. If it's at seven to seven and a half, I like Vatek. If it goes down to six, I find the value reversing. And I think we go against the public and we go with Duke if it gets to six. Does that logic make sense to you or am I flawed here? No, it makes sense to you. I can never, ever bet on Duke, root for Duke, <laughs> Duke wins. So you have as much of that little middle, middle, flippy, flippy, slippy, slippy that you want. I'll just be like, give me Virginia Tech plus seven and a half and I can root that they beat this godforsaken team that 
Shishevsky must have pictures of of referees in the NCAA. They missed Are two foul calls at the end. That's right. They missed they Are missed he, a call on yep. they missed a call on Barrett, the R.J. Barrett push off. Yeah, and there was Three. a hook on the they Zion. Missed. Yeah, the charge on Zion should have been called. Yep. And so, um, the blowout of the of the two days. I think it's North Carolina. I just Bruce Pearl already said take the over. <laughs> take the over. It jumped um, from one sixty to one sixty four. Yeah, he's throwing a freebie out there. <laughs> if you're going to beat North Carolina, you have to slow them down. You cannot get in a running game with them because they will blow you out. They will run away and they will hide, and they will take no prisoners. And if you look at the losses that North Carolina have had this year. Of course, the tip-in against North Carolina, which was well, against Duke, which was right there, um, and they let it get away. Uh, Virginia slowed them down and beat them. Um, Kentucky got them early in the year, beat them by eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game was at Kentucky. And then the, the loss at home to Texas, I believe that was a, a holiday tournament. They lost to Texas. Um, and then Michigan blew them out. That was probably their worst game of the year where they went into Michigan and just gave up 84 and, and whatever. But the team we're seeing right now hasn't lost since Virginia. Of course, Duke beat them, but I, I still think North Carolina won that game. Um, Auburn's going to run with them, and I don't think Auburn has the team to run with them. Value number of North Carolina minus five. I believe the Tar Heels run away in the second half and cover that number. You know, think about this, Brandon. Think about the difference that one point has made in everyone's opinions going into this tournament. If North Carolina beats Duke in the semifinals of the ACC tournament, in which they lost by one, if they win that game, they clearly roll over Florida State in the ACC championship. And then people are talking about them as the number one overall seed in this tournament and the favorite to win the national championship. They lose that game by one point to Duke, and all of a sudden they're an afterthought. I don't see that with North Carolina. To me, this me is my pick to win the national championship. They are the best team in the country in my mind. I have them over Sparty in the national title game. Well, you and I are you and I are exactly on the same page there, hundred percent. Last but not least, Houston, Kentucky. I think the only thing we need to say on this is to everybody out there listening, wait and see if P.J. Washington is playing because that obviously will make a huge difference. Um, Houston, number one uh, field goal defense in the country. Number one, number two, three-point field goal defense in the country. Um, I think it's a very good matchup for Houston. Obviously, if P.J. Washington plays, I expect that number to move from Kentucky 2.5 to potentially Kentucky 3.5. I think you grab the value there. If he doesn't play, I think the line stays right where it is, and, and, and you grab Houston. So if you like Houston, wait. If P.J. Washington's a go, he's still going to be playing banged up. You're going to get value because I almost guarantee you that line goes to 3.5, and, and then you get good value with Houston. I like Houston either way. But wait for P.J. Washington to see if we get a little extra value. Well, he teased us on Wednesday by releasing a video on Twitter of him walking. It was just a video of his shoes, and he was walking without a boot on. So P.J. Washington teasing us that he is going to return to the court. So take take that for what you will, Brandon. Well, I like Houston either way, but I, I can't wait for John Cal to announce it because I almost know that line's going to three and a half, and then I will jump all over the Cougars, who I think win the game outright anyway. Wow. 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 You know, let me ask you something about Cal Parry. 
do you think – I know he's come out and he's denied it, but do you think he gets enticed by the UCLA job? No. No? Okay. He's not a West Coast, he's not a West Coast guy. Yeah, you just can't see he's, it, right? No, he's an East Coast guy. He's not mm-hmm. a West Coast guy. He's, he's East Coast all the way. Well, now, Listen, if I'm a college coach, mm-hmm. if you've ever been to Westwood, you ever been to L.A., you ever yeah, been to Cali, that weather – you take that job. You you take it in a second. But I can't see Kentucky's a pretty cush job. The private plane that he's got that place wired. He's got the pipeline. He'll retire at Kentucky. I firmly believe that. Before we wrap this up, and we're going to have another episode before the Elite Eight this weekend, so be sure to keep it locked in here to the Sharp Edge with Brandon Lang and myself, Scott Seidenberg. Thursday is opening day of the Major League Baseball season. If you take a quick look, Brandon, any futures stand out to you? Odds to win the World Series? The Yankees are favored, along with the Red Sox and the Astros. To me, I I look at baseball, and I think that it's so top-heavy that you almost— there's no reason to bet any of these other teams because it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, you look at the American League, it's Yankees, Red Sox, Astros. I, I think the Indians even have a drop-off this year, so who knows what's going to happen with the rest of those teams. And then in the National League, you got the Phillies with Bryce Harper, you got the Dodgers still doing their thing, and then, what, I guess Cubs, Cardinals, Nationals behind them. Other than that, the rest of the league is kind of mediocre at best. Yeah, that's fine. I'll tell you what. Take the Mets in, in Washington. Take them under the posted total. DeGrom and, and Scherzer, six and a half. Get on Philadelphia NOLA on the run line, plus 105. Bryce Harper, Citizen Bank Field, launching pad. Tehran gets rocked early. Let's take the Phillies on the run line. And, of course, let's go out west. The Angels in Oakland, Cahill and Friars. I'm going to take Mike Trout and the Angels. Trout goes deep twice. Let's take the Angels. Plus 102. I got I got Harper over 32 and a half home runs. Is that a lock or what? Oh, yeah, it and is. Citizens uh-huh. Bank band box? Are you kidding me? He's hitting yeah, 50 like this year. I like that. I don't know how much you put on it, but I'll take 10%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, not, not enough to satisfy your taste, brother. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the other thing that I like, tell me, tell me if this is just crazy. I'm going to bet against Baltimore every single game this year because I'm going to go 120 and 42. Tell me that this team wins more than 40 games, and I, and I'll, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. I don't see it. Here's the problem, though. In most of your games, if you're betting against them tomorrow, you got to lay 380. There's not yeah. much value in your little your little plan. Well, I I'd, get go it. Run, I'd go run and line. I, run line at oh, – even the run line's minus 190 for tomorrow. <laughs> that's it. So that's the tough thing. Yeah, you could do it. But the problem when you do that, and I've had other people tell me I'm just going to bet against a bad team all year, is that when you do lose a game against them, you essentially are losing three units, laying the 380. So it's tough. Okay, tough with that philosophy. Tell me what you think about this now. And this takes guts and it takes patience. But let's say you bet against the Yankees on the money line every game of the season. Now – on average, the Yankees are minus 200, you would say, right, in every game? If they go 162, that's an incredible season. 100 wins and 62 losses. You are still coming out ahead if you win plus 200 on those 62 wins. Yeah, problem is you're not going to be plus 200 it's in those 62 average. wins. Oh, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You're going to be minus 105 even when they're – when they're they're going to be a dog like in sometimes. Boston, yeah. Yep. So it's it. not. I mean, listen, it's great in theory, 
but it nah, just nah, just you're good, bro. <laughs> Let me run. Let me let me run free, Brandon. I'm rolling here. That's great. <laughs> Follow Brandon at brandonlang.com. Follow me on Twitter at Scott's on there. Good luck in the Sweet 16. We'll be back with you this weekend for a fresh new episode to get you ready for the Elite Eight. This is the Sharp Edge, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and believe.com. B l e a b dot com. Let's stay hot, Brandon. Got it. Peace out, bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.